0: Hey guys, uh, Ryan here, and we are here for another episode of the Lap Down Podcast. Here, I believe this is episode number six. Um, and as usual, you got Nighthawk off to my uh, left. You got you got me in the middle. You got Jamie off to my right. Then on the bottom row, we got uh, JP in the middle and Rumble in the bottom right. And we've got a new person joining us as well tonight. Um, welcome in, Chuck. From South Carolina. Chuck, you want to go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Go ahead. What do you want to know? Ask you some questions. What about? I mean, I'm not really talking about myself. but I will answer to say, who, who's your I favorite driver, how you they, got into it's NASCAR? A it's a pleasure to be here, though. Pretty cool.
0: Uh, chuck if you can just talk a little bit about how you got into nascar who your favorite driver is possibly
1: yeah 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 so uh i got nascar i mean when i was a kid my dad had a boat and we always went out in the water and he would always have it on the radio you know and i didn't know much about it at the time but it was pretty cool here the guys get excited and kind of put, like today they, they, they put a picture in your face you know in your, in your face excuse me in your mind but uh no we uh that's how I came to know about it, and uh, he was an Earnhardt fan, and so I became an Earnhardt fan. And uh, actually, the first race I watched with him, we went to Virginia for an uh, event, something going on. It was at a hotel in a big convention center, and they had the 500 on. And the reason why I remember that so much is not because of the race. because that was the first time I had uh, honey mustard. You know, being from West Virginia, we, we didn't have much. But, uh, yeah, that's how I started becoming an car fan it was uh, my father got me into that just by uh, listening to it on the radio.
0: All right. And then if I'm not and mistaken... who's your current favorite driver? Yep.
1: My current favorite driver will be Chase Elliott. The reason why, I'd, I mean, I got with him is, uh you know, I was I got out of the sport for the longest time. and My first race was actually in 07. It was a little late bloomer for that to actually see a race. But uh I became a junior fan around that time. I mean, I paid attention to it, but never really was committed. And uh, like a lot of people, you know, as he was moving out of the sport and getting out and retiring i just felt you know let's go for something new and i i always liked bill elliott so i was like you know why not let's go for a uh, chase now at first with the 24 i was kind of you know ugh, but uh yeah on me and i'm a big uh chase fan now
0: all right so would that hell help? yeah with that, I believe that's everybody introduced. Um, As so You guys know all the others, and uh, we'll get on to the first topic of discussion here. So, we got the uh, Clash results. So, if and so I can pull them up real quick. But, um, say so Nighthawk, if you want to start off with just now your initial reaction to the Clash before I pull up the specifics.
2: So, I didn't get to watch it, but I got to listen to it on the radio. It's Sounded very lackluster. It didn't sound like they were very into it. Uh, I mean, I guess the only upside is is that it, they were able to still get MGK to do the concert. Um, I guess that's a positive for them. At least they came out with something because they would have paid him for no reason. I'm sure they lost a lot of money. But other than that, Ty, Dibbs did, Ty, Dibbs, Ty Gibbs did really good. And I, I, Like I s- predicted on the last podcast, he would, I thought he was going to win. He almost did, but unfortunately he spun out.
0: Yep, yeah, so, okay, I got the uh, results up here, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, it was oh, almost all the passing happened on the restarts, and that's just kind of how it is with short track racing, especially with a track this short. Um, Makes it hard to make much of a pass other than on entrance to the corner. Yeah, and, and...
2: What I would add to that is, since you do mention that, going... See, this is another thing I do have a problem with, is it's a crapshoot. Do you have... Like, I was listening to them on the radio. They were saying, oh, they just go... Some of them go flying in the corner, don't even give a crap, and they cause other people to wreck so they can gain multiple spots. Like, how's that fair? I mean, there weren't many
0: crashes that actually happened this year, comparatively, but...
2: Yeah, it's just something I found odd that they were, like, promoting positively.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is pretty much the only way to make a pass around there. But, uh, yeah, so Denny Hamlin sure. ended up winning the whole thing. Cobbish coming up uh, in second place, his third podium in the three races in L.A. Uh, Blaney really the only driver who uh, moved through the field significantly. um Got all the way up to, yeah, uh, all the way up to third place by the end of it. But it's just kind of one of those things that once you get up there, yeah, you know, the battle between second and third allows the leader to pull away and ultimately just lets um, a guy like Hamlin or Ty Gibbs or even Joey Logano just pull away and check out. Now, full disclosure. I was watching the race, but I didn't have the volume on because I was actually live reacting to it over on YouTube on my own channel. And, uh, ultimately, a- after re-watching it, um, and re-watching highlights and stuff, the TV cameras did not do the race necessarily any real justice. Because, um, guys like Bubba Wallace got spun out on the last lap. The TV cameras never showed it. yeah. Um, Moments after the checkered flag, they're panning up to the crowd to show Chris Gabehart just packing everything up with no real emotion. They missed you know, stuff, easy stuff like Ricky Stenhouse Jr. going over and talking to uh, John Hunter Nemechek during the halfway break. Uh, I never even saw a Machine Gun Kelly concert, so I don't know for sure that that even happened because I didn't see that on the TV at all.
2: Well, according to the radio, they said that he was able to be bumped up, and he's there. I don't know. They said he was supposed to. All
0: right. Well, I didn't see it, but it's, it's possible I just missed it. But yeah, and then. they um, didn't show it on TV. And then the post-race confrontation between Logano and Ty Gibbs was also missed by uh, Fox. So, I mean, it, it just kind of goes back to I feel like the production quality at Fox has been dipping over the last five six years and yeah uh say i'm i will say that's one thing i'm hoping for with this new tv deal introducing more tv partners that provides more competition and forces fox to try and take the product more seriously because the product they actually showed compared to what happened wasn't really done justice jamie
3: no, I mean, I mean, I'll I'll start from the very from kind of like the the beginning stages. Like, I want to commend NASCAR for actually working through with knowing that the weather was coming and ha- making the change and having everything still line up with uh, with like the 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 TV programming and the uh, and all, all the ins and outs of getting the getting the teams ready and to where they could still put on a race on a short short notice even even though i wish they would have announced it earlier uh from what i heard uh through uh sirius xm uh, i yeah, guess so like I was... the teams and drivers found out uh around like 9 30 that morning yeah, um so, but I mean, they didn't they... really announce anything until a little bit later once they solidified that uh they could get the uh the TV programming to air it. Yeah, it was about 4 so,
0: I, it was about like 4:30 when I got the text about it being moved
3: up. Right. Right. So so kudos to them for still being able to get it on. So I, I I thought it I thought it was a good race for I thought it was better than the past 2 years as far as from a from a performance standpoint. Um you you hit on Ryan Blaney. I think he's probably the the, the one to watch, but I mean, it's, it's a clash, not, not much is gained, not much is loss, but I, I, there, there's this thing called momentum and uh, getting a decent finish at, on the first race of the season can definitely uh, create some momentum for, for those teams. So the ones that performed well, like the Denny Hamlin's, the Kyle Bushes, the Ty Gibbs, uh, just the mental aspect of just being like, Hey, Hey, uh, first uh, race of the year even though it's not for points, we were still, we were always in contention, we were always up towards the front, uh, things that we learned uh, if anything at all about the card or just in general of uh, I, that we still got a, a winning caliber team that we can go out there with confidence, that's cool but then on the flip side you got guys like Christopher Bell who yeah. we've previously talked about being in the hot seat with uh, JGR and what that leadership role could look like. Because once Denny and MTJ go, he's kind of like next man up. And he was the only one that didn't make the main race. So yeah. I, if, if, things like that I would feel a certain type of way about. Um, uh, I think that adds a little bit more pressure going into 500 week uh, for that 20 20- team.
0: I will say though one caveat to that though is that nobody in that final pract or in that final qualification group was able to find any speed. I mean Ryan Blaney was a part of that same group and he was like 35th on speed as well. So ultimately he used a champion's provisional to get in as the 23rd driver, but yeah, it seemed like temperature either temperature or track conditions were just not favorable for that last group.
3: Yeah, I mean, we, we can we can probably put a little testament to that, but at the same time, for for a chi- for a racing team the caliber of Christopher Bell and his team, it's just not a good look. Uh, with all the quality uh, motors and performance and expectations that comes with JGR, you you would expect all of their drivers to make it in. Same thing with Penske, but again. Um, Blaney was lucky to get in with a provisional but then once the race actually went in he showed some things so who knows Uh, I just know from a mental standpoint like from a team it may not be much but from a driver I could see that frustration kind of building and it may not seem like a factor going into 500 week but he's always going to have that in the back of his mind that the first official race he couldn't even make it into the main
0: yep All right, cut
1: Well, excuse me. I'm gonna get right back to what he just said. Like, how many drivers didn't even make the race? Playoff drivers didn't even make the race. You know, it, it, the all around, I I didn't really, I wasn't into the race. To me, it was just like a yawn. Uh, but like kudos to the uh, to get them going because there's a lot behind the scenes that we do not see. So, Ryan, you said like after the race you didn't see a lot, but you, you gotta understand like F, was it I believe it was FS one. They had to move a lot of programs around just to get that, that race in. And uh, I think they they really tried to make it right. And I think they did a great job because I couldn't tell you how many times I've been at a race for it to get rained out. And you're just sitting in the stands waiting for an answer. And no, they'll try to get in, but a lot of times they don't. Um, I, I think the clash, I don't think we should get rid of it. But I think we should get away from the Coliseum, my opinion. Like, like we talked earlier, I, I said um, it just needs to be Try it out. All right, that was cool, and then just be away from it. Uh, my opinion, I think you should go back to, you know, Daytona. I think they should always have it. You know, don't get rid of it. But uh, Blaney barely got in only because, what was it? It was a pole? Uh, what Champion's was that? Did... provision. Champion's provision, yeah. I think they should uh, just go back to the old days and just get them, what, you probably have 12 or 16 cars out on the track. Just, you know, pole winners or, you know, make something. But uh, there was a lot of drivers that were playoff drivers that didn't make the race and I'm not saying they're bad drivers it's just that that track is just I, it's, to me it's not a track it's just a little bowl they put them in and just try to make it cool that doesn't take from you know you don't making the race I think they're heck of a drivers but I think they should have at least got them in there you know because they're big names and you know there's kids and families with you know their their names on the hoods hoodies their you know their hoodies, their shirts, hats, whatever. I, I think NASCAR did a great job of uh, pulling it off for a Saturday night. I thought that was pretty cool that they're they're trying. That's why I like the sport so much because they're they're trying to make things different, and sometimes it don't work out. But no matter what, if they would have ran it Sunday and it rained, people would be talking about that. They should have started Saturday, you know. And I understand that. No, but no matter what happens, somebody's going to have something to say. But I think they did a great job on that, and. Um, the, like I said, the race, I I wasn't into it. I didn't see MGK. I don't even know who that is. There's, I mean,
0: Machine Gun Kelly. I,
1: yeah, I don't know. I don't listen to that. And I don't think, you know, I don't, I'm going NASCAR races. I don't want to see a guy I don't know. I mean, I don't know what, who they're reaching out for for him. I mean, if I'm going to listen to a guy named Machine Gun. I don't know what that is, but <laughs>
2: it's I just,
1: California. He, I, think he's I don't from care California, where it is. NASCAR is NASCAR, oh. you know. I,
4: mean, I was going to keep, just, my, I was gonna keep yeah. my mic muted, but amen, Chuck. Thank you.
1: Well, I mean, NASCAR, I mean, it might be California, but we're over here in the South or over in the, you know, where it started. We don't, I mean, let's play something that, heck, bring out some old guys or, you know, I think it was cool about other things. Like, I think the first year they had Ice Cube, I mean, that's great because I don't care who you are, you always, there's a beat to that you like. But I just think when it comes to the halftime, I, it's NASCAR. I, mean, I had never heard of Ice before. Cube
0: before uh, he came to the Coliseum.
1: Well, that's fine, but I, I don't. Uh, I don't think there should be a halftime. You know, I, that's just me. I don't see it, and even I don't know. Uh, that's my opinion on the the Coliseum. I think it was cool at first. It was really neat. And I just think that's played out now and they should bring it back to uh, Daytona. And I believe that um, NASCAR did a really cool and great thing when it uh, came to broadcast and start the race on
0: Saturday. So, can uh, I chime in real quick, Ryan? Okay, yeah, go ahead.
3: So, I, I don't think that they should go back to Daytona, as odd as that sounds. I think they should just take the clash and just move it around. Just like you said with the. With how cool it was to see it at the Coliseum the, the first and the second time, I would I would argue that it made us talk about the clash and the dynamic of the clash and how it could t- consistently change depending on where they go with the clash.
4: I heard them talking um, today about following the Super Bowl and just go to any fucking college fucking football place and build a quarter mile track. It's 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 silly. We got to get back to our roots.
2: Sorry. Well, I don't know. Way. I
3: don't know if just quit, like going doing in football scenes is the play, but I mean they they talked about the Mexico series and the success that it was uh, seeing those drivers out on that track. I wouldn't be opposed to them going to Mexico for the clash, uh, or in the sense like like find kind of take like a like the idea of what they did with the All Star race with North Wilkesboro, just kind of find like a another track that maybe doesn't have a lot of publicity that has been remodeled and use that as a Clash. So like the Rockinghams I know is getting remodeled up. Um, I know that uh, there's, there's some other tracks like around the area and I know they, the big thing is with Auto Club getting redone, they, they still wanna have like a presence in the South California, but I'm, I'm sure there's probably other tracks that they could go to uh, to do the Clash. But if they made that like a uh, every year thing where they constantly change it, that adds a new dynamic to the clash that makes it fun. Um, but again, if it's going to be football games, I don't know how fresh that would be and how receptive people would be to that.
0: All right, so real quick, if I can just if I can just uh, jump in here, going back to something that Chuck mentioned. Um, it wasn't necessarily the way that they moved it up a day that I was upset with with like NASCAR and the production. It was the on track and what cameras they choose to cut to during the race. Cause like during the halftime you had a guy go up to another driver's car and we never got a shot of it. Or we had a guy got spun on the final lap, never got a shot of it during the broadcast. And it's stuff like that that I was frustrated with more than the actual moving up, because again, there was the weather was not playing nice this weekend.
3: No, not at all. And yeah, I mean, I I saw clips of uh, some some veterans yelling at some rookies. Uh, I'll still count Ty Gibbs as a rookie because he's only in his second year. Yep. And I like Joey mixing it up with Ty Gibbs and. Ricky Stenhouse, like literally, op- putting his arm inside John Hunter Nemechek's car and taking down his net, just so that he could lean in and yell at the kid. Yep. Uh, that that was a little that was a little too aggressive in my in my book. I think That's something that should have been, been uh, uh, said about that. Well, yeah. and again,
0: none of it got shown on the broadcast. We only got to find out through clips after the fact that there were even cameras on it. I mean, I think it was was it yeah, last and year, I agree or the year to before your point. when they missed. Uh, eric jones throwing a helmet at somebody like how do you miss something like that in a short track like this
3: yeah but i, I agree it should have been called because it would definitely have added some some much-needed drama and anticipation going into the conversation that is the daytona 500 and some and if we're already getting some a little bit of dramas a little bit of uh and a little, little bit of but attention that that's never a bad thing for uh for ratings and creating uh storylines that even if it means nothing is still fun to talk about.
0: Yep, and uh going back to the topic about uh Rockingham, I would like to see almost them use the all star race as kind of your tribute to the fans or kind of your throwback classic track. So, like, your North Wilkes rotate it between like North Wilkesboro. Uh, Rockingham when and if it gets uh, NASCAR ready uh, even the f- fairgrounds in Nashville may put that as part of the rotation to try and give the fans who want the history of the sport um, a rotation of those tracks without having to completely abandon them and using the clash to open your season for some of your more out there ideas like the clash of the Coliseum was three years ago and like potentially a move to a track in Mexico or maybe even something up in Canada
3: w- would be. Hey, Rumble will be all over that.
4: Yeah, but they got to do it right. I don't want to see a fucking road course in Canada. I've already, I've, I haven't been there, but it just doesn't work for me. It's, I can hear it now. I'm, I'm a purist. I'm a, I'm a purist, man. I want to I see oval track racing. Yeah. I want to see it properly.
1: What would it be? The, the Winnipeg 500 kilometers?
4: <laughs> the Winnipeg 500, bro. Let's go. Um, yeah, I'm just sitting my. Yeah, exactly 500 kilometers, whatever that would be a mile. I don't know. I uh, to break up my calculator, roughly. but <laughs> that's what it would be. Player. But uh, like I said, I could get up, I can go out to Montreal and see a break, but I'm not really interested in seeing NASCAR or a road course at all.
0: Uh, say
4: rumble you want to let us know some of your thoughts on the uh, clash well is it my turn yeah all right so here's what i gotta say about that i i'm it, and i'm in with everybody i think we all agree that it was really cool that nascar got ahead of it and looked and said this is going to be a complete rainout. no no racing's going to happen so let's do it tonight so everything showed up there in a really short time the crowds were low but anyways, kudos for them for getting that done. But again, like I, I said, I turned it off on this. It's not, to me, that's not the product we should be bringing to to, to the fans. Like, we're getting so far away from the, the fans that built this sport that we're looking at this little quarter-mile track and we're trying to get all these. It just, it makes no sense to me. It's 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 just wrong. And, you know, back in the day, to me, the clash meant we were going back to Daytona. The season was firing up and we were getting ready to go racing again. And I just look at this and it just, it, there, there's nothing good to, that I can see in it. I don't know. It's, I, I know you guys probably disagree with me for the most part, but I just feel like let's just bring it back to Daytona where it belongs and get hyped up for the 500 and Let's let her rip. And I've heard people talking about everybody's just going to be single file. They're going to be practicing. They're going to be testing. Well, give them a package that is nothing like the 500 package and make them work for it. Make it a 25-lap shootout and, and and only. So there's another conversation I heard. It's just previous champions, pole winners from the season before. Let's let's thin out the field and and just have it be like a 25-lap shootout. Get us ready for the 500. And there's so many points I wanted to hit on here, but it's—I I, got to tell you—I think I just think it's wrong. There's—we we've, we've done this; it's a third year now, and I think it's—it's it's worn out. It's welcome, in my opinion, and we should do something else. And in my opinion, something else should let's go back to Daytona. I'm going to leave it at that. All
0: right, JP. Alright, so sure.
5: here is my opinion. It was a complete crap of a race because, I mean, there was no passing. Back in the field, holy, I mean, it looked like wrecking. I could've has better on my NASCAR heat five game. And, and it's like, NASCAR, if you're going to have a race, move it around. I I agree. Sorry, Wumble, but it, it doesn't need to be in Daytona every year. Move around. It's supposed to be an expedition race, so make it for for, an expedition race and have the fans pick the crack. That's called you. You don't need to pick every single crack there is.
2: Here's another idea. Um, instead of using actual actual NASCAR cars, why don't they mix it up and go to like dirt tracks and race like modified?
4: I actually like that idea. And I was going to say, if you if you want to keep going to LA, why don't they bring fucking go karts and race each other? And fuck, we'll, all, we'll
3: all
2: be entertaining shit. Because they had, uh, who did they have? Did they have Ross Chastain? Who was it that came to Georgetown, Jamie?
3: Yeah, it was Ross Chastain who who was yeah, supposed I to come mean, to Georgetown. Could,
2: they could have him. They could have them come down to Georgetown. We have we all, Delaware also has a track down in Delmar. There's some nice dirt tracks down here that they could go to. Like why not? Like give like little tiny dirt tracks. Go back to your roots and like race on dirt tracks. It doesn't have to be the actual stock car. Make like a modified or something.
3: Or the old uh, Hickory Motor Speedway, right there and in that Charlotte. Would...
2: But that
4: would be the thing, though. You gotta change the thirty-four hundred pound stock car on this little tiny. Like I said, it would well, be more I mean, entertaining to knows? watch them all race go karts against each other. It would be more fun to watch them racing go karts than it is to watch these fucking tanks cruising I mean, around here reaching is, a maximum uh, speed of eighty miles an hour.
3: But I was saying, though, is yeah. who knows? With uh, Ray Evernham uh, going in and partnering up to purchase IROC, I would yeah. not be opposed to having IROC. Like having the main, having the playoff contenders and some of your main stars in NASCAR getting in those IROC cars for an exhibition you're, race. You're you're preaching to the choir because I love so, IROC races. That would races. be the class. Since
2: I was a young going, man,
4: love IROC going races.
2: The, going off the go kart idea, <laughs> it's a far fetched idea. But Jamie, you remember back in the the '90s and early 2000s, Milford had the go kart races.
3: Yeah. I, I was almost a participant.
2: Oh, he, so if they went, like,
3: like they raced Mr. Roboto. Like oh sorry. Well like if oh, they
2: wanted well, to do like of, they could go to make like little makeshift tracks in town and track at, tr- at places like Dover and Bristol instead of racing on the actual track they could race go karts around into, inside the town. You know what I mean like they did in Milford
4: That'd be but fun. They the could best they best. could race some legends cars. They could they could do anything else, but what they're doing in LA. I'm just I I it's don't up. believe they're giving us the the best product that they have. They could do better. Yeah, I
5: I, I I I agree with you. I give the crash a F. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, NASCAR. You go. You want to have a good product, move it around, do some different crap with it. Don't make it all about one thing and one thing only. I enjoyed the NASCAR back, but that was pathetic.
2: Weekend. Yeah, the the thing is, is that they're trying to draw in a new audience, and I, I don't even think it's working, honestly. So right.
4: oh, yeah. All right. I have one more thing to say about that. If we're trying to draw in a new audience, we're putting out the wrong product. If that's what NASCAR's plan, we're putting out the wrong product. Like, I think it would be more entertaining to watch them race anything, but. I fucking will, cop cars
0: one thing at about
4: fucking LA one,
0: one thing about that though is that going into this uh, next gen car what we were all told by NASCAR and pretty much all their PR people was that this car was being designed for short tracks and road courses and at least on the short track front it has been a it's been pretty much a colossal failure across the board so yeah, the plan Absolutely. of doing a short track for the opener was probably planned around the idea that this car was going to be designed for short track racing, and it hasn't provided on that.
4: But I would it's say that's more good of racing, a... you guys. Well, we, we that was all know what good racing in NASCAR is, and and the clash at LA is not good racing. We know that. We all know that. There's six of us in here, we all know
0: that it's not good racing there.
4: And if you disagree with me, then I guess I disagree with you because that's just not good.
0: But my point is that first off, you say for something like the Coliseum, you can't just sign a deal to do it one year and, and expect that to be even remotely profitable. So, I mean, they had to do a multi-year agreement, and ultimately, that agreement, we've now gotten to the end of that initial agreement, and if they move on... Oh, I was
4: going to ask you, how many how many years are left in that agreement? Because I sure hope it's over soon. Yeah, no, it, it was good. a
0: three-year agreement. This was the third year, which is why the discussion about it moving is up a lot. Uh, But going back to something that you mentioned, and I think Chuck also mentioned it, Rumble, but um, when it comes to the Clash, I still like the idea of it being a knockout format where every driver gets to try and race their way in, and it's not forcing, and it isn't just being like, oh yeah, all the drivers who were Clash eligible get in, because watching that bump line and talking about Who's going to get in? Who's going to miss out? I mean, that was entertaining stuff in the early evening on uh, Saturday afternoon before the race. And I think the heat races would have added some extra drama to the weekend if it weren't for the weather cutting them out of the rate, of the it, event.
4: It, it definitely did, but what was it? I, I think I heard 13, 13 cars went, like, just you're gone. And so I, I, I also heard Charlotte. Just, just, bring it to Charlotte. So if you're bumped out on that night, you drive an hour home. You're out of there, right? You're talking about LA across the country, truck drivers, crews. It's just, it, I don't like it, and I'm gonna stick by my, I'm gonna stick to my guns on that one. I think they need to end this. I really think it's, 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 it's seen its point, and it kind of needs to go away now. Maybe relive it in ten years
0: or something.
4: I'll leave it at that.
0: All right. Well, I think it's probably a good time to move on to our second topic. Uh, Rumble, did you have a topic? Cause, uh oh, I was
4: already, I was already rumbling about that one. My whole oh, yeah. thing was just this, this clash, right? I already said that last week. That's uh, so what was gonna be my point. Let's oh. make this better.
0: Make racing great again. All right. Um, Jamie, would you like to lead this third topic about the, uh, about February 18th since I wasn't alive for the event?
3: Yeah. Um, so with, uh, on February 18th, this is the official third time that the Daytona 500 will be held on this exact date. Uh, since that initial, uh, race where Dale Earnhardt was blocking the rest of the field as much as he possibly can so that his two other drivers and Dale Jr. and Michael Walter could battle for the race win. That ended up, uh, causing him to get, uh, in his right rear corner panel and sent straight up into the cement wall, which ultimately, uh, ended his life. Yeah, um, I,
4: hated, I hated Sterling Marlin for that, but then looking yeah, back on it, it, it wasn't his fault. It was racing.
3: It, it was just racing. It was a freak yes, thing. It yep. And it unfortunately, was. we saw a legend die at Daytona doing what he loved the best. My hero. And uh, I remember watching that uh, as a kid and seeing... Like it, it on TV it didn't look like much it looked like a, just a normal wreck and when 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 all the celebrations stopped and everybody was just looking on uh, I looked up at my dad and I I saw something that I hardly ever saw I saw tears welling up in his eyes and worry on his face uh, so it was it's definitely a moment I'll always remember uh, but on a happier note, I always remember when Dale Earnhardt finally won the Daytona 500 and seeing every single race team uh, line up on the infield uh, ready to to acknowledge and congratulate him. Because that was kind of like Kyle Busch. Uh, it was the, the, the one the one title in NASCAR that he has never had was his name being put as a winner of the Daytona 500. Unfortunately, those are the two things that sticks out when it comes to the Daytona 500. Yes, I know, like, Dale Jr. winning uh, was a special moment. But when it comes to Dale Sr., uh, those are the two things I instantly think about. And uh, I, I, I felt it was fitting. It's the third time that we might as well talk about the the number three GM Goodwin Chevy. Um so I kind of wanted to bring that up. Uh, this is kind of like a tribute show. Uh, just kind of hear around for those who actually were able to watch it. Uh, what, were, what were your thoughts? Uh, one about the incident itself and uh, what, what kind of memories do you have of that day? Ryan, you can go ahead and go through the order there because I don't see it.
0: All right. Uh, Nighthawk. Uh, I would be first.
4: Are we talking um, about February 18th,
3: 2001?
4: Yeah. Yes, here yeah, we
2: I are. Yeah,
4: all right. For... Uh, uh, all right, fire way, Absolutely.
2: So I didn't get a chance to watch it. I was with my uh, girlfriend at the time. I was 19. Um, and we were at the restaurant that, that now does not exist. It's now Royal Farms in Harrington. Do you remember the restaurant, Jamie? You might be too young for that, though. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Uh, You got jokes, <laughs>
2: <laughs> but now you might remember it. It was there before rural farms became rural farms, but it was a restaurant there, and I was we were sitting in the restaurant eating, and I can't remember. I think it was a TV on in, in like the back there, and it came up on Sports Center, and it, it was kind of it was crazy, and it, it hit home. And that was my girlfriend's favorite driver, and her birthday is February third. So every year, February 3rd comes around. I always think of that. So, yeah. All right. It was uh, nice watching him, even though he was hated. But it was fun watching him. All
0: right. Chat.
1: All right. Well, it, it kind of blew my mind. Jamie said that uh, early this evening that, uh, only happened three times on this date since and i wasn't aware of it honestly
0: yeah it happened so think, in think, 2018 it, this year and then
1: 2001 yeah yeah and like i said i, I, didn't, I didn't i didn't come to my attention at all i never really thought about it um yeah the wreck man it it did not look like it you know the way it should have went it's just we've seen we saw so much more we've seen more wrecks worse than that since. Um, you know, he was real respecting the sport and still to this day, do I remember where I was? I actually was playing a basketball game and, uh, came home. My dad was watching and He was upset. Like, I didn't know what was going on until he told me and we sat there and watched it. And, uh, yeah, man, it, it's just, it's something in the sport that, you know, every, all these drivers get involved and they can die any moment. I don't care what the, how safety it is that. You know, it it them, them boys are are tough. They're they're amazing athletes, and you know, you, you get in it and you go. That's what they do. And um, it was a sad day. I mean, I just I can't express or say anything different. Everybody doesn't feel. So um yeah, I remember that that day. And like I said, I didn't wasn't aware. It was only the third time since, but uh, he still remembered every I'll track and remember, know, I remember I remember the first few is. races they had a, a quiet on the third lap you know and I thought it was cool I don't know it was Atlanta the second race you know his car won that race I think that's pretty cool I think it was the 29 but Kevin Harvick's first win wasn't it
0: I think uh, that Atlanta race yeah, came later in the year, different. if I remember was correctly. It was, was it a white car or something? Yeah, yeah white the white 29 different. with uh, Harvick. But that one, I think, different. came later in the year. It wasn't the first race uh, after.
1: It might have been the second race.
0: Yeah. No, it was
1: the uh, third race. Sorry, it was, it was right there. Yeah, so it was the third race of the season, which, I, you know, that, that, that brought a lot of people together and a lot of emotion, I'm sure, you know, which was pretty cool.
4: all right uh rumble you want to chime in you know i'm
0: gonna chime in about senior
4: um so i was cheering for senior back in his wrangler days and when he went to the the number three the good wrench car black the, just huge fan. the the day that he passed i when i seen that crash and i i think we talked about this before. DW said, I hope he's okay, and they never really showed the car again. I think they showed Kenny Schrader going over to the car and motioning for, like, the paramedics to get the fuck over here. And I knew it was bad. I knew it was bad. Um, My mom phoned me later that day after they announced it, like, on CNN that Dale Earnhardt had died at the Daytona 500. And we all seen the announcement, and my mom phoned me, and she was like, I'm so sorry, Dale. Dale Sr. was like my hero. He's like that fucking blue-collar. Now, they know we have a kid named after him, so uh, Dale Sr. was like my hero. He's that blue-collar fucking guy, and it just meant so much to me. He meant so much to me, and uh, so following that, I mean, everybody became a... Everybody that was a senior fan became a junior fan by default, right? Like that—that that just happened. Like we were cheering for him, we were talking about him winning. Was it the the Daytona two the next year? Like just amazing stuff. but just, yeah, it's just brutal. I senior was my hero, who really was, and watching your hero fucking die, but it, you know, he he died doing what he was doing. And, and and I think you heard me say earlier, I, I felt like it was Sterling Mullen's fault. Like, I felt like somebody should take him out. And in the end, that wasn't what it was. Junior, sorry, Senior was blocking, trying to run his team up there. And uh, he wasn't having nothing of it. And it's, that's what it was. Um, but anyway, it's just always been, a, always been a senior fan. I'm 51 years old. And as long as I remember, I'm... I'm a senior guy, and when he left, I default became a junior guy, and and besides that, I'm always a Chevy guy, so that's what I'm gonna say about that. Fair yep. enough.
0: Yep. Uh, by the way, it was uh, it was the July race of, at Daytona that same year in two thousand one. All right. Was uh, it oh,
4: okay? I thought it was the next year. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, and you're then, right. JP, any other thoughts? Yeah. So uh,
5: I I was really young. Um, I believe it happened the year after my make event. Uh where I met Bobby O'Bonnie, yeah, or June, I forgot Bobby O'Bonnie in Phoenix. And I just remember um, me and my dad were watching the race, and I didn't know what was going on. I mean, now, now I go help out a medical school um emergency College here in town. So, I mean, if I saw something medically wrong um, with a guy, yeah, I would probably motion for the paramedic to uh, get but there and, you know, Those poor doctors um, have to feel miserable every time the anniversary comes up to think we couldn't save this guy. Um, Don't know who. who, um, Don't know if um, there are feelings with all the medical team that might have been involved if there's some skill in the sport but um yeah that's my take on it. Nobody ever talks about how, how much they um how much they really try to keep the drivers safe and do a great job of it, it it was just a fluke accident.
4: That's a that's a great point, JP. And I'd like to say this one last thing. Um, Dale Earnhardt passing was a fucking real wake up call to all of NASCAR. Hans device, safer barriers, all this shit is a direct relation to Dale Earnhardt passing. That's that's it's all a direct relation, hundred percent, because they were like, holy fuck, this the same guy. That had fucking flipped on that track six, seven, eight times. He's like, oh, fuck that car's still got fucking wheels on it. Let get out of the ambulance and get back in the car and drive it away. The guy had survived so many fucking crazy crashes. And the most it 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 kind of looked innocuous how he crashed. It just straight up to the wall, boom, pow. And it cost him his life. But I'm telling you, this the 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 safety changes that came into this sport. From from him passing are they're they're massive they're 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 huge we've we've seen so many big crashes nowadays that probably would have taken your life a couple of years ago
0: <laughs>
4: to to being completely survivable walking away right it's it's well look, look at the Newman wreck what Daytona five hundred a couple of years ago ab- absolutely hundred percent absolutely and that's why I would say that it, that's the I think Dale will be proud of that legacy just for the fact that he's been in so many crazy wrecks. That car flipping around, flying around, he's fucking walking away from it, and like I said, just getting that turn fucking hard fucking up to the wall cost him his life, and they were like, well, why did it cost him his life? Well, it was basal skull fracture, and we gotta figure out how to fucking contain people in these seats instead of, you know, fucking 200 miles an hour to whatever the speed was when he hit the fucking wall, and you know what I'm saying? I, I feel like that is actually a really, really good deal that, that it came out of that, because people were like, well, if Dale Earnhardt dies, like, fucking everybody can die.
3: Yeah, and to go along with that, like, I we look just to your point and to JP's point that the safety features that came stemming from that incident, I would say that gets added to an already iconic legacy that, uh, Dale Earnhardt had already left, and his memory is living on through all these safety features that these drivers take for luxury now. Um, can, uh, fans, so you, so you heard at one point complaining at the fact that, of how many tracks are now getting the safer barriers, and it seems like every track is now getting updated walls, and they don't like the, the packages that are being put out on cars, and to because it's th- th- slowing down the cars as opposed to making them faster. But all of that is stemming from that one incident, and NASCAR is continuously evolving and continuously changing to make sure that they can still put a good product on the track, but at the, at the same time, these, these guys and girls have to go home to their families at the end of this thing, and Absolutely. that's their number one priority.
4: Absolutely. And and furthermore on that point, how many things where we've seen where guys have gone – Getting turned to the inside, and going down to the inside wall and smacking the shit out of that, and and getting hurt to fuck, and they realized we could put safe, we put safer barriers everywhere where it just it absorbs some of that impact, and it's it's just yeah. Huge. And the, the wreck
3: that I was thinking of when we were telling, when you guys were talking about examples of um, wrecks that should have uh, killed people, I I still look at a, uh, wasn't it uh. Austin Dillon, where it was just like the front yep. and the rear yep. of the car was completely gone. It was just the driver cage that was left.
4: Absolutely, it yeah. was just the containment area. And game he and was era. still
3: yep. he was still fine. Absolutely, he
4: was a okay. Yeah, walked away from it, right? Walked away from it.
0: Yeah, or even the uh, Xfinity Series crash of Ky- of Kyle Bush's back to start the 2015 season, where he found the one bit of uh, wall that wasn't safer barriered and.
4: Right. Still and was able to. Yeah,
0: uh, was still able to return later that year.
2: Right. So One, I two?
0: would like to. Okay. I would like to say that though, at
4: the end of this, we lost Dale, but Dale leaving, I'm sure Dale will be proud of this. Is that he's probably saved fucking ten people's lives just because they were like, oh, we can do better than this, right? We we can make this better than this. We can, we can protect them right it doesn't have to be slamming into hard concrete walls with right safer barriers one of the best improvements i've i've seen in my life i'm 50 years i've been 30 year fan for sure and the safer barriers we've all seen it with like slow motion replays when someone piles in there you see that safer barrier you have like you know what foot, foot and a half that is taking so much impact more so the what what the driver's going to feel it's yeah it's i huge. think uh
3: i think uh chuck was getting ready to say something sorry chuck fire away but i didn't mean to cut you off
1: no i was just saying that year he accomplished that that um he won a championship with if i'm correct right the yeah first after year, breaking first both year. legs yep yeah that, that's that's crazy
0: and say he won Pretty Sonoma cool. later that year too, which is just adds to the craziness of breaking both legs and then winning a road course, which is a physical type yeah, of racing. It, yeah, where you need absolutely, both legs. and that was a
4: that was a wild impact too, like right, piling right in there.
0: All right, uh, Jamie, do you have the other the next topic pulled up? Because I think it was something that, along these same lines, if I'm not mistaken.
3: Yeah, uh, so stepping from from that, we we looked at the corporation of DEI, and with everything that Dale had brought into it, with now being a three-car team, and with uh, all the success that they were having up to that moment, uh, ultimately, DEI, at that point, spiraled into a downfall, and ultimately uh is no no longer became a team uh or a functioning organization so the question i wanted to bring up to everybody is during that time could dei have been saveable
4: yes the question is if uh you removed Teresa from it it was totally survivable they would have been fucking on top right now
3: and who would you say would would have been the one that could have saved it um, I'm. I, I'm
4: a, I would. I, I'm going to go with Junior, but I'm saying I, I think Junior I think was Teresa a little too young all up though up. at
0: that point to t- step yeah, up as, in, yeah. as a team owner and leader of that organization. I, I think Teresa definitely fucked
2: it up, and I think Carrie Teresa Earnhardt. Did it and, I think Carrie Earnhardt and Dale Earnhardt Jr. should have been the ones that took it over. But hey, that's just me.
4: That's a good opinion.
1: I like it. Like
4: I said, Teresa well, fucked
1: it up. They were both young too, but it had been cool if Richard Childers, but even Hendrix, picked it up just to keep it under the wing for a little bit and then gave it to the boys. Well, yeah, and the whole family. Yep. There you go. Yep.
0: But yep. ultimately, Teresa, Teresa and So we're all in green. Said,
4: so we're all in green. So she fucked it up? Yeah. Pretty much.
3: Pretty well, much. with that, what where she went wrong is she could not make a decision in a timely manner. And again, I was listening to SiriusXM, uh, NASCAR on Sirius, and they they had, they had some interviews and uh, one of the people that was uh, within DEI at that point in time, uh, like when it came time to making financial decisions, she always had to kind of sit on and really ponder because the beauty about her and Dale seniors, uh, husband and wife relationship was Dale. He was a big spender. He, he, he would have spent every dollar that he would made at that at the very first opportunity that he could, if he thought it meant making his team better to where mm-hmm. Teresa was the saver. She was the one that would tell him that that's a bad idea and not to go and go in that direction. And to save money for something else so she didn't have that that opinion on the opposite side to balance her out and the fact that it's just the fact that she she wasn't comfortable with making quick decisions or timely mannered decisions that sponsors and NASCAR and things like that that require those kind of uh, timelines Uh, that was the ultimate downfall uh, in that but Within the organization, there, we, we, I can't really say I put the full blame on her. I know she definitely didn't help things, and a lot of the blame can go to her. But there, we, we don't know what, what went on when inside the team post that race. There, it could, just like any other business, there could have been people arguing amongst each other, trying to figure out who should be the, the head nat uh, racing operations guy. And you, you deal with the, the grievance process and the uh, trying, trying to do the right thing, but you don't know who to trust because uh, upper management, we're arguing with each other and things like that. Um, and the arguing with each other thing, that's not uh, a guess that I have. That's, that was also part of the, the interview that I listened to on the radio from somebody who was inside the building. So, a lot of it, I think, they failed her by not coming together and saying, "Look, we got you," as opposed to trying to look out for, look after their own wallets and try to become the guy. But as far as who could have saved it, I would probably say um, towards the later end of DEI, uh, Kelly Earnhardt uh now kelly Earnhardt miller could have been the one to save it because she was very savvy in the in the world of business she wasn't she wasn't a a race car driver like carrie or dale jr were uh she grew up on the business side of things and to this day she's still very good at what she's doing with uh junior motorsports and i feel like had had they turned to her with her uh, with her still being brought up in the world in the business world of when it comes to race teams I think she could have been the one uh, to kind of head it up and take it over for Teresa and could have saved the thing
0: yeah I mean I think well, I get- The other thing was looking at that driver lineup when you remove, because technically, I think Dale Sr., I know we talked about it being a three-car team, but I think it was technically a two-car team because Earnhardt was technically Richard Childress Racing, right? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. So, D.E.I. had uh, Michael Waldrop, who I think everybody, even after that Daytona 500 win, still had a major question mark on, was was he really the guy and i think we learned over the final few years that now he really wasn't the guy and then a one car team with Jess dale jr wasn't going to last long just because i think jr still needed a mentor a veteran mentor on track that could help lead him the way that his father was for the first couple of years.
3: Well wasn't Steve Park part of that group still at that point in time or was that part of that he got injured? Steve Park was a part of that group.
0: Yeah, say, and then Steve Park's injury happened what? Early two thousand two or something? Or when was his injury? Steve Park was a part of that group. Significant injury there was it Watkins Glen.
4: Yeah I think it was he was 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 a part of that group
0: though. Yeah. So yeah they did have another car that I forgot about but Yeah, with unfortunate timing and then obviously kind of questions looming around the driver lineup. It was certainly not an easy situation for anybody to end up in.
4: Nobody expected it. How could have been? Yep. Seriously. What do you do with that? So, again, I feel like uh, Teresa could have done a better job and – it would we would still be DEI and we'd be out there kicking fucking ass, and it's just not the way that played out.
1: Here, here I well, got uh, something.
2: Another fire, thing that didn't fire awesome away, help.
1: Chuck. Well, well, back to the topic of the the wreck. Explain to me how Michael Waltrip walked away from hitting that wall in Bristol.
4: Yeah, right. That's that's some of the craziest thing you'll ever see. That car was hit. Just crumpled. It's yes. crumpled. That car was folded the fuck up. Yeah. All of it.
1: And that's absolutely. Something. that was crazy. Yep.
4: So there's and there's I, been there's been talk that I've heard from many people that said that Dale was kinda he didn't wear his fucking seatbelts too tight, you know. He performed I said the open face helmet we'll, too. Right. So we'll, we'll always hear we'll always hear that talk about that yeah. it's Ryan it it is what it is. It, He's missed. Yeah, he is missed. I still miss him to this fucking day. you, 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 you of think a he, bitch.
1: You think he'd be up in the booth?
4: I know he'd be up in the booth because he knows more about it than anybody does.
0: Uh, no. Honestly, I don't he think he would have lasted he would not be in the booth. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, so, he wouldn't. He, he wouldn't be able to keep himself <laughs> under control. I mean he'd be more out of control than than <laughs> Stewart has been great. in the
1: booth. <laughs> <laughs> To see that little that grin, that mustache of the boot, that'd be cool. <laughs> I, I think
0: so too. I think so too, I mean, Especially with the way that times. the general culture has shifted where it's like, Oh yeah, we gotta be so sensitive all the time Yeah, you know, like he would not have adapted well to that culture. Mm,
4: yeah, he he would have been pretty
0: he would have been probably pretty Diller and heartsome. Yep. <laughs> That's great. Alright, and then, uh, did we have another topic there, uh, Jamie?
3: We did, uh, so, in, uh, I believe it was 1987, he was given the nickname The Intimidator, uh, following his, his ability to get more out of the car than anyone else could at that moment in time, when Bill Elliott tried to turn him for the win, and he skimmed through the grass and still managed pass to win the path in the
4: grass, baby. Uh-huh. And it wasn't a path; he just stayed in front. It wasn't a path. Yep, he stayed he in, stay front in front and, and won.
3: Yep. So that was when he initially got the nickname the Intimidator. So we're gonna we're gonna end the conversation with this final topic. And uh, what is one of your favorite Dale Earnhardt moments that coincidentally helped you realize? in your own way that he was indeed the Intimidator?
2: Well,
4: like I, don't, I don't know where to start. I really don't.
2: I would always say I was a Jeff Gordon fan, and they were always battling it out. So it was always entertaining watching them two get along. It, it was crazy. It was the best best racing ever.
1: Earnhardt saw something in him, saw money, and they both they, they played it well.
2: Yeah, they, they liked each other, even though they showed hate They H-walls made a brand. They liked
1: each other. Yeah. I don't know. I, there was a few of mine. Like, I mean, look at the way he did at Bristol with Taylor Bonney all the time. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Like, That's he, I was
4: going to say I,
1: that, man. I just wanted to rattle his cage. Mark Martin. Oh, poor Mark Martin. He he, he went in the pits under <laughs> cross and lost the race. <laughs> But I, but he just, he, he intimidated everybody, and he just give you a grin, at the end of the race, no matter how mad Rusty Wallace was. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, Rusty
4: Wallace. <laughs> <yeah. laughs>
1: he just give you that grin and keep on moving. I care. love that. I love the no, highlight. He, he didn't fight nobody. He just gave you a grin and keep on walking. <laughs> that irritated people more. <laughs> that was great. That's what I would remember about that. Just how he was. And if, after Sunday, man, he was your buddy. You know what I mean? Let's go hunting Monday. You know? <laughs> we'll leave it on the track. Absolutely. Totally agree. All
0: right. So, uh, JP, did you have anything you wanted to mention about kind of when you acknowledge that Dale was the intimidator? Or,
1: or, I'll just, I'm sorry, Jake. I was just going to say that time when he got out and cleaned his windshield still was driving.
0: Yep. Right?
5: Um, right. Well, what me, the fuck, man? Uh, I really look up to Dell as a person and uh, to this day, I'll still watch highlights of him. I would say my favorite Del moment happened uh, in 2001 after already passed with Del and Hart winning back at Daytona and those two able to celebrate the two wins together. You have no
4: choice. You're eating that.
5: Thank you. <clears> that.
3: right. Yeah, one of my favorite moments was uh, I forget what track they were at, but he was talking about Jeff Gordon. And uh, Dale ended up finishing second in that race after giving Jeff everything he could, doing all the typical Dale Earnhardt tactics of just trying to smooth bump him to get him loose and with tried to move him up in the track a little bit, but Jeff wasn't having it. And on that day, Jeff just got more out of the car than Dale had. And they, this was, uh, during the, the full on like rivalry that the, those two had. And Dale just, when they got to put that mic in front of him, he was just like, man, he's like, I, I gave that boy everything I got. And he's like that, that SB, he, uh, he was done. and he got me. So kudos to him.
1: Do you remember uh when old Gore was out on the track and it was starting to I think rain? <laughs> and they learned how to be interviewed. He said, I don't know why that boy's wide open right now, he's gonna wreck. And practice yep. and Gore ended up wrecking.
3: <laughs> yep, he uh he seen things that the world didn't see. But the crazy part was when when he chose michael waltrip to be part of DEI uh jimmy johnson was coming onto the scene when when uh when he made that call so he ultimately chose michael waltrip instead of jimmy imagine how that could have turned things around
1: well i mean that's just what if you know i mean jimmy yeah had for sure his... <laughs> that's what if it might, maybe jimmy would have never did what he did we, we don't know
3: he would he would have probably never been part of hendrick had he signed with dei yep but you think he
1: would have won that many championships
0: hard to tell because probably not hard to know where the dei level of equipment would have been if uh, they had more consistency and stability at the driver position because aside from Dale Junior, after about after Steve Park's crash, I mean they just never really had the same a consistent driver roster again. Aside from the eight,
3: yeah, I mean like I said, it's hard to say, but it's just it's just a fun thing to think about, like like yeah. the Sugarkudas. Uh, um,
1: What's we will never know the answer. It's like crap. facts. <laughs> facts. So <laughs> oh, Google that one,
3: but. But yeah, unless anyone else got anything to chime in on when they realized that he was indeed the Intimidator. Uh, the last final question is, uh, this will be our W Energy bowl prediction. Now that we are two weeks away, who do – we're going to have uh, – we're going to have our prediction being who is going to win the, the, top, the, the pole position – and who's going to get second going into the 500? Because we will be uh, doing this podcast next week while the qualifying is going on.
0: Uh, right so after. So we will later, be giving you
3: real time. What's that? Are we going to be doing it right after? Uh, it's possible. I, I kind of like the idea of doing like a real time, uh, at least towards the end of the qualifying session, to kind of build a little drama with it. And kind of rub elbows for those who may have completely missed on their bowl prediction and kind of give kudos to those who may have hit it. So we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see how everything lines up. But uh, so that's going to be our bold prediction. Who is going to get the the poll award for first and second place uh, going into the 500? Blamey. So not winning, but just getting the poll? Correct. Okay. Who's gonna get the Who's gonna get the first and second spot? That will that that will be solidified to starting the the Daytona 500 in those positions.
2: I'm gonna go with dark horse uh, Ty Gibbs for the pole, oh,
3: and
2: Kyle Busch for second. <laughs>
0: I don't see it any way that that it isn't going to be probably at least one Hendrick car on that front row, and honestly, I could very much see a lockout between some combination of maybe it's Elliott and the 24 on the front row. I would probably say Byron over uh, Elliott would be my prediction for the uh, front row, but those Hendrick cars are just in a league all their own, pretty much, in Daytona 500 qualifying.
3: Uh, Rumble? Make sure you're writing these down, Ryan, for next week.
0: Oh, okay. All
3: right. Well,
0: let me go ahead and get I, something out of my way to write them on. I'm just I'm trying
3: just I'm not
4: to be. I'm just trying
0: not to be a homer.
4: I'm just throwing a scud missile here. I'm going with Blaney.
0: Alright. A scud missile, he's a champion, All All right? right. So, a so Rumble. You said Blaney and who else did, who was the other person you had I on the was front ben row? Blaney. The other person on the front row? Fuck,
4: it's gonna be Logano and I hate that fucking guy.
0: Scud missile right. like and George. uh ben you said said gibbs on pole with uh kyle ben hey ben
3: i believe that's who he chose you said you
0: said uh you said gibbs on pole kyle bush on the outside Yes, correct. Okay, just want to make sure I'm getting them right for the for what I'm writing down here. I I would say Chase Elliott, but I'm not going to be a homer. I'm, I have a homer. Yeah, I, mean, I think I'm the only, top only top non the Elliott range. fan here. I, I don't mind going and putting him on my front row. I'm an Elliott fan, but I don't feel like Elliott and his fucking team are on
4: top of the boom right now. He done broke his legs snowboarding and fucked his career up.
0: Yeah, but do you remember the last time a a non-Hendrick Chevy engine qualified on the pole position? Nope. If you're looking at specifically Hendrick engines, it's been a while. I know, uh, technically, JTG Doherty qualified on the pole in 2020 with Stenhouse with a Hendrick motor. Okay. But uh, if you're going back and looking for the last time a Hendrick motor wasn't it, I think you would have to go back to like Austin Dillon in 2014 with the RCR motor. <laughs> I think that was the last time a non-day, a non-Hendrick uh, Chevy got on the front row. Uh, for, I'd like to throw this out
4: for future discussions. Uh, what's Chevy gonna come with for their next fucking car? What What are they gonna What are they gonna bring?
1: Malibu's coming back.
0: <laughs> no i i think it'll be a redesigned camaro but at this point i think we're gonna wait and see what happens with the two new bodies that we have for this year before we go and uh before we go and uh start riding off the camaro because
3: we know not, how much making. of a swing
0: and a miss that was the last time they tried to uh redesign the chevy body but uh,
1: but uh, I got I got fixed for you Alright. Go with the pole, I'm gonna give it to Busher. That we'll does look we'll go put Kyle Bush second.
4: The busher doesn't sound bad. That guy can drive He's got a hard rub.
0: Alright. Jamie? So, I th- oh, somebody <laughs> fell asleep.
4: Hmm?
3: Is that JP? Did
4: somebody, JP fall asleep?
3: Somebody's sleeping. Man, I, I know, either that or that was just a product of your pick there, Chuck. It was a snoozer pick. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um oh, man. So, I think uh, Alex Bowman is going to get the poll. Because, like I said, Hendrick just seems to be on top of, uh, for whatever reason, qualifying. But I think second place is just going to be a play-on to the momentum and the good good mindset. And, unfortunately, it's going to be Denny Hamlin on the outside. Fuck that shit. I know. I know. I I don't want (laughs) to see it, but (laughs) him, Joey, (laughs) and some other guys just have a knack for super speedways. And... I think I think momentum stemming from the clash is going to be good for them as a team mentality-wise, saying, hey, it was the first race, we got a dub, we beat your favorite driver, and they're going to take that into uh, Daytona and get on the outside pole. Yep,
0: so going back through the list, by the way, so we had Bowman last year, Larson, Bowman, Stenhouse, uh, then Byron, Bowman, Elliot, Elliot, Gordon, and then Austin Dillon in an RCR Chevy. And then Danica Patrick in an in a uh, in SHR back when they used Hendrick Motors as well. So, I think Austin Dillon. All there. right, I'm ch- So I'm changing Danica. my vote. I think Dan. I think Dana Patrick, Danica no,
4: no, Patrick. No, 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 no changing your,
3: your vote now after you got stats. Nope. Well, I don't think Danica Danica's finishing Danica on the
0: pole position of this race. Is Danica
4: Patrick the fucking win
0: it all? <laughs> Alright, so now we just got JP. JP you there? Uh nah, he he in Dreamland. Hey, so he's I'm dead. just gonna I'm just going write down done. Chase Elliott <laughs> finishing first and second well, then for him.
3: <laughs> well we got the per- first official black flag of the year. And actually, was he actually JP
4: actually snoring or what?
0: JP! Wake up!
3: Ew. <laughs>
0: let me let me go ahead and call him and see if I can wake him up. Let's no let's let's just let's just
3: go ahead and end this thing. Ryan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> you fell asleep on his YouTube. Oh, you this has to be the letdown podcast. You never in know what you're gonna get, get it. on here.
0: That's in I say ser- I, I certainly would have I certainly would have thought I'd be the first one to fall asleep on the podcast. Oh man. <laughs> That was
2: great. I heard somebody snoring, and I'm like, Is somebody snoring. And then we had a cop next to us, so I had to dim my phone.
0: <laughs> All right, take us out, Ryan. All right, so um, thank you guys for everybody that tuned in um, and listened to us here on the uh, Lap Down podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. If you guys did, if you guys were watching over on YouTube, go ahead and give us a subscribe and uh, that way you're notified when we know uh, post the next episode, whether that's a live right after the uh, uh qualifying. And if you're listening over on Spotify, go ahead and give us a follow. But until next time, hopefully and you guys hopefully,
3: enjoy. hopefully, uh hopefully this wasn't a snoozer just like JP thought it was. <laughs> yep. Yeah, hopefully uh no one ended up using not that-
0: Although maybe they could use us, our podcast, help them fall locked. asleep next time.
3: <laughs> hey, you, can, you can go over to uh, you can go over to um, W Energy and get some uh, some melatonin. Thanks to uh, the just uh, the JP yeah. special.
2: No, <laughs> <laughs> bulletproof coffee sells melatonin. Good I hope, oh, I I was was gonna,
4: bulletproof coffee. I was gonna say he <laughs> should probably go for the he should probably go for the coffee
0: instead of the melatonin. Uh, yeah. Or, yeah. or maybe or maybe something from uh, the alkali project could help keep him awake.
4: Actually
0: like tell the, the, yeah, me. Actually, something from the Alkali
2: Project will keep away. That guy's putting out good
3: music. No? Yep. Um, don't we have an announcement for him? I, I, I hope it's uh, I believe yeah, he's, he's making it next, next week. week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so next, week, next uh, week, Will Bain from the Alkali Project will be joining us. Uh, he will be uh, giving us some insight on, on the band at the Alkali Project, mm-hmm. as well as talking about the with the the inspiration that he got for creating our intro for us here at the lap down podcast, as well as going, just talking some good old uh, Daytona 500 fun. Cause at that point the fuel will be set and we'll be gearing up with all things, uh, Daytona 500 and making bold predictions, having a great commerce conversation and, uh, just having a good time.
0: Yep. And yeah. That, yes. I There's me, <laughs> chiming back in on
4: that. On that note, I gotta say one thing. Uh, will Will knows his shit. He loves racing. He knows racing. Uh, if they're if you're actually into F one racing, he probably knows as much as any of you do. So, uh, Will's a good addition to the to the cast, and I look forward to hearing it. So, look forward to seeing you, Will. All yes,
3: right. sir, All right. Absolutely. So, on the count of three, we will say deuces. One, two, three. Deuces!